Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers and Lakers Media Day has come and gone. Thought we'd do a little rapid reaction to Media Day. Got some great stuff out of the Lakers. A lot to talk about. Big news. Oh boy, about Anthony Davis and the position he's going to be playing. We got a little bit of confirmation there. We've got a lot to get into in terms of, well, the vaccination rate of the team, why that actually matters and continues to be a topic. We'll talk a bit about Russell Westbrook and how he fits in, how the players all see him fitting in. And my, oh my, they are excited about playing alongside Russell Westbrook, Trevor Ariza, his arrival. We've got tons of things to break down. So if you're joining me live here, you're coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook. Welcome in. I'm going to take some of your questions and comments as we go through everything that we just heard from Lakers Media Day. Exciting, exciting time again. The preseason kicks off on Sunday. We made it, everybody. We made it. We're finally there. Lakers basketball is coming back. They'll really kick off their training camp tomorrow and get ready for Sunday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Man, that's just so great to say that there's no more weekends without Lakers basketball. It's a fantastic thing. But before I dive into everything, quick reminder, if you're not doing it already, make sure you're following over on the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications as well. Get notified every time we go live. It's a great way to interact with us. And I make sure we post new Lakers content pretty much every single day over there on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. So make sure you are subscribed there. I'm getting a lot of people already putting in comments, questions about the starting lineup, about things like that. I guess what I want to get into first, though, and this is, I think, the biggest takeaway is Anthony Davis. When AD said, he just flat out said, I expect to play center. Now, he did walk that back a little bit. He said during certain matchups, you know, things might change, and that's absolutely accurate. But he flat out said he expects to play center center this season to me that right there is confirmation that we're going to see a Lakers starting lineup featuring AD at the five now they haven't gone through training camp so let me just put in that little disclaimer here they have not gone through training camp yet so who it's possible they get out on the floor and AD at center just isn't clicking isn't working right and so the Lakers back off of that look opinions can change but for right now it appears the plan is for Anthony Davis to primarily be the Lakers center, which pushes Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan into a backup role. We thought it might be one or the other that Anthony Davis would be at the four more often, but it sounds like AD will indeed be at the five. And that means that the lineup that we heard from Bill Orem yesterday as what's kind of expected to be the starting lineup heading into camp. Again, things can change, but right now the expectation is that the Lakers starting five will be Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington at the two, and I do want to spend some time talking about that as well. Trevor Ariza at the three, LeBron at the four, AD at the five, with Taylor Horton Tucker being the one guy, it seems, who could break that up and push his way into the starting lineup. Obviously, it would be either for Ariza or Ellington. He would be taking one of those spots if THT is able to break into the starting five. And don't forget, THT did get paid this offseason. He is the fourth highest paid player on the Lakers. So it makes sense that he would be the guy that could potentially break into the starting five. So Anthony Davis at the five. You know, this is, I think, the best Lakers lineup with the one, I don't know, word of caution here. The one thing that's holding us back from just fist pumping and celebrating because we know in general, in general, the Lakers have been better with AD at the five. But... Can he hold up to an entire season doing it? He talked about getting back into the weight room and how physically he felt ready. That's great. 
But can he really hold up an entire season and be 100% come playoff time if he's logging most of his minutes at center? And that's been the reason why he hasn't played at the five through the majority of his career. And at least the last few seasons with the Lakers, they've been trying to play him more at power forward. That's been his preference to play center in the playoffs to not to log center minutes during the regular season. But we've talked about this a little bit. There's a lot of reasons why AD at the five makes sense. And it's not just for Anthony Davis himself. I do think you get the best version of AD at the five, but you also are going to get with the floor spacing that's going to be provided. You're going to get the best version of Russell Westbrook as well. And I think that's something that is important. Remember the Houston Rockets, they went small in order to accommodate Russell Westbrook. He was impossible to keep out of the paint when there's not a big sitting there at the rim waiting for him with AD uh, space in the floor. I think that's going to be very, very important for them. I do want to get to it. I've got a quote here from Russell Westbrook where he's talking about AD being at the five and what that means. I'm just searching for it right now. But essentially, he said that the Lakers can be deadly with AD. Here it is. AD at the five, according to Westbrook, he said it can be deadly. Him at the five, you never know where he's going to be. He can roll, he can pop, he can space the floor. There's nobody in the world that can guard him at the five or four. But him at the five gives us an advantage, I believe. So, yes, I think that that AD at the five, oh, I mean, look, look around the NBA. Who can match Anthony Davis at the five? Is there any team in the league that has anybody that can match up with Anthony Davis at center? You can look and say, okay, maybe the Nets will go small and put Kevin Durant at center, but he's not quite physical enough inside to deal with Anthony Davis, whereas AD can defend on the perimeter. I'm not saying AD is better than than KD or anything like that, right? KD is a tremendous player. But just who can deal with Anthony Davis at the five? Joel Embiid, AD is going to take him out on the perimeter and beat him off the dribble, right? You put a traditional big against him, AD is too fast. You put a small against him, AD is too big. You've got a matchup advantage against pretty much every single team in the NBA with Anthony Davis is at the five. And look, he's got some advantages at the four as well. But I do believe that the Lakers' best lineups this season especially, because you've got not a non-three-point shooting, but not a great three-point shooting guard in Russell Westbrook, it's going to look a lot better when AD is at the five and providing that floor spacing. It's going to be even more important that you see him at the center spot. So for him to come out and say, I'm playing center, I'm expecting to play center, I think that's big. That's really big for this Lakers team. Frank Vogel did walk it back just a little bit, said that he's more expecting, you know, AD, it's not going to be like last season where it was 50-50, center to power forward it's going to be more like the season before maybe it'll be like a 60 40 split but again that's frank vogel he's got to be a little cautious anthony davis was right out there saying no i expect to play center this season i've accepted that and that's going to be my role uh you know one of the other things before i move on to a different topic one of the other things that i want to mention is about anthony davis when we saw him in the playoffs he was playing at an mvp caliber right? The 2020 playoffs, MVP caliber. This last season, he didn't have a full off season to recover, was not ready to play. And we saw him decline quite a bit. We saw a very different guy out there. If Anthony Davis gets back to what he was come playoff time, he's the X factor in my mind. He's the guy that can take the Lakers to another level. If he plays the way he did in 2020 in the playoffs, the Lakers are going to be really, really, really tough to beat. 
right? Because you know LeBron and Russell Westbrook are going to do their thing. And how ridiculous is that, by the way? If AD is at that level and LeBron is being LeBron, Russell Westbrook is the third best player on the team. Think about that. An MVP leads the NBA, the entire NBA history in triple doubles. And he's going to be your third best player. That's amazing. The potential ceiling for this team is just so, so high. And that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. All right. I want to get into some of your questions and comments before I move on to my next topic here. I've got somebody from uh, from YouTube, McNasty from YouTube, said one of the best teams assembled on paper. Can't wait to see us play. Yeah, I can't wait to see these guys out on the floor and actually playing, especially when everybody today, every player has talked about the passion that each one of these guys has for NBA basketball. I'm so excited about that. Right, just to see this joy and this love for the game. And they've already had that bonding experience in Las Vegas. They were able to do the mini camp there. LeBron was able to set that up. And now a lot of players talked about this. It wasn't so much about being on the court together. They did that, but it was just about being around each other and being able to kind of build those relationships. So now they're able to hit the ground running a little bit more in terms of chemistry. So I can't wait to see these guys out there. Oh, somebody mentioned it already in our chat here. Justin Crummel, Hillbilly Kobe. Yeah, we found that out. That was one of the big reveals today, I guess. Uh, Austin Reeves, I did not know this. His nickname is Hillbilly Kobe because he's from Arkansas and he grew up on a farm and all that. And his teammates just started calling him Hillbilly Kobe. And so apparently that stuck and that is his nickname. He said he also goes by HBK for short. I'll have to ask Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, whether or not that is permissible because we all know HBK is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Can we still call Austin Reeves HBK? But apparently it is Hillbilly Kobe indeed. Uh, somebody asked, did I move my camera back? Yeah, I did. I, I moved uh, my entire setup here a little bit closer to my, my wall and just changed things up a little bit. Felt like moving some things around. Uh, John Lyles from YouTube. Did you notice how players such as Mello are saying LeBron put this team together? LeBron used to shy away from that notion. Has that changed? Uh, no, I don't think that's changed that much. I, I, look, LeBron has said that he set up camp, right? This came out in the Bill Orham article yesterday. He set up camp in his house. He was talking to a lot of free agents. He was a bit more forthcoming about it than what we've heard in the past. Than him just saying, you know, no, I let the GM do their thing. But the Lakers have made it very clear. This has been a partnership with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis. And everybody knew that, look, if somebody's going to join the Lakers, they have to be approved by LeBron, by AD. There's no question. That's just, and that's not a Lakers thing. That's just superstars in the NBA thing at, at this stage. Um, Rondo mentioned it. Like he texted LeBron and AD after he rejoined the Lakers and said, thank you. Because he knew that if they had said no, that he wasn't going to be a Laker, that they had to approve him actually joining the team. So that's just the way things are now. Um, LeBron, yeah, did he have a big role in setting up this team? Yes. Look, he he's the one who called Carmelo Anthony oh, a week before free agency, which maybe we need to talk about that. He, uh, he reportedly called him a week before free agency started, at least according to some comments recently by Carmelo Anthony, and said, hey, I, I want you to commit right now to be on this team. And I need you, and let's do this. Now is the time. And Carmelo said, okay, eventually. Uh, Russell Westbrook, as soon as he got traded to the Lakers, like as soon as the trade was official, he called up Trevor Ariza, and Ariza and Westbrook both talked about that. 
because he knew they wanted him on this team. The players are taking a bigger and bigger role. And again, this is not just Lakers. This is around the NBA. And it's becoming more public knowledge that the players are a big factor in terms of teams getting put together. It's not just the GM moves, moving around pieces on the chessboard. No, it's also about the players who are actually on the roster. It's just the way of the NBA right now. Davis Painter from YouTube said, I submitted my AD for MVP bet. AD unleashed. I don't know if I would say he's going to be MVP just because of how much other talent is on the team. But, but I think he can reach that caliber of play this season. Oh, good question here. Somebody asked, is this tonight's live show or will you have another? No, there'll be another show tonight. We'll do our normal show this evening. This is just kind of rapid reaction. We want to talk about the things that came out during media day. The first thing on the agenda was Anthony Davis. Talked a bit about that. He's going to be the center. But the other thing that we need to talk about is integrating Russell Westbrook because most of the guys got some variation of a question about how Westbrook is going to fit because there's been so many concerns about that, right? I mean, when the Westbrook trade went down, a lot of people around the NBA said this isn't going to work. Said, how are LeBron and Westbrook going to be on the same team? Both of them want the ball. Westbrook isn't going to space the floor. Nobody's going to pay attention to him when he's off the ball. Everybody kind of said, it's not going to matter. Talent, ultimately, and I've talked about this a lot, talent wins out in the NBA. Talent wins out. There's times where fit matters. No question. There are times where fit matters. Last season, Montrose Harrell is a very good player who I like a lot, but the fit wasn't quite there. And so that's why come playoff time, he wasn't relied upon as much. Fit matters, but there's times where talent just matters more. And this may be one of those. You can say, look, it would be ideal if Russell Westbrook was a 39% shooter from three, right? If you can't leave him from behind the arc, that changes the whole perspective of this deal. But he's not. But LeBron isn't worried about it. Westbrook isn't worried about it. They say, look, we're going to figure things out because we've got the talent. LeBron says, look, people said the same thing when I went to Miami. When I played with Dwayne Wade, everybody said both guys need the ball in their hands. Wade's not a great three-point shooter. How is this ever going to work? And it worked. They won championships, right? It worked. So, I think I'm going to trust in the players here. They believe that it's going to work and they don't seem very concerned about it. They're not that worried about it. And I think the key might be Anthony Davis at the five, right? Because the offensive end of the floor opens up a ton. If you don't have a traditional big, just sitting in the dunker spot, clogging up the paint. When you're pulling that opposing big out with AD at the, at the five, that opens things up quite a bit and mitigates Russ's three point shooting. Now, you also have to factor in, too, when you look at that Lakers starting lineup with Ellington out there, and I want to talk about him in a minute, Ellington, Ariza, these are guys that you can't leave. You can't leave them. They will hit threes on you. So you can't just leave them. You have to be accountable for all of the other Lakers. So I think that's important. I am curious to see how Russ is able to find success as a cutter. I think that's going to be really important, that he takes advantage of players paying too much attention to LeBron, paying too much attention to AD and say the high post. Can Russ, as defenses leave him, as they don't pay attention to him, can he make them pay by cutting back door and doing things of that nature? Can he do that in order to take advantage of these defenses? Because if he can, that makes him all the more effective despite the three-point shooting concerns. By the way, he's looked great shooting the ball in all of his workouts that we've seen. But again, workouts take with a huge grain of salt a number of NBA players have looked great shooting in workouts and then have it not worked during uh, during actual games. But 
Just saying, he looks pretty good so far. Uh, Paul Perinello from Facebook asking me, how do we know Ellington starts? Why Ariza? So that's what was reported yesterday by Bill Orm and the Athletic, that the expectation going into the season is that Ellington will be the starting two. However, Ellington today, and this was the next thing I wanted to get to, Ellington today said that there is a competition and he thinks it's great. And as a veteran, I'm not surprised at all that he feels like that is great. Even if he's the favorite to be the starting two for the Lakers, um, he understands that there's going to be a competition this season for the minutes of that position. You've got Malik Monk, you've got Taylor Horton Tucker, right? You've got other guys that can play that role for you. Kent Bazemore is another one that could go in there, but Ellington seems to be the favorite to win that job. Again, right now, camp doesn't officially start till tomorrow. So we can't say this is locked, set in stone, anything like that but it appears that's the plan going in is for Ellington to start. And the reason for that is because of a shooting, right? When you've got LeBron, AD, Russ, you want shooting next to them. And Ellington going into the season is probably the best shooter on the team. Now there's some guys who can challenge him for that. Malik Monk being one of them. But right now, Ellington is the best shooter on the team until someone proves otherwise. So that's why you put him at the two. Ariza at the three just gives you that flexibility. Ariza's big enough, long enough to where you can switch three through five with him. If he's at the three, he can switch and take whoever is the best wing player on the opponent and let LeBron guard whoever isn't quite as dangerous. Let him conserve a little bit of energy. He can help you out in the paint as well. He's just got that versatility. In fact, Ariza himself said, I'm a plug and play player. Said he's not worried about what position he plays or what exact role he needs to be in for the Lakers this season because he knows that no matter what it is, he can do it. Whatever role the Lakers ask him to do, he can do that. And that is the brilliance of adding him to this roster. Because maybe you decide you want to play small. He can be on those lineups. Maybe you decide you want to play big. He can be there too. It doesn't matter what playing style you're going to use. It doesn't matter what strategy you're going to use. Ariza is an option. Cross any, no matter what you want to do, Ariza is an option. And you can't say that about every single player on the roster. If you want to go defense heavy, well, that kind of rules out Wayne Ellington, not Ariza. If you want to go offense heavy, well, maybe that rules out some other guys. Maybe it rules out Kent Bazemore, not Ariza. He's got enough talent on the offensive end of the floor and enough experience to be a factor there. So I think that's what's really interesting about Trevor Ariza and him starting at the three is the versatility. Now, again, that's right now. That could change by Sunday right? That could change by Sunday. I don't think it's going to, but the expectation right now is that Russ, is that the one? Ellington's at the two. The three is going to be Ariza, LeBron at the four, and AD at the five. All right, I've got a lot of people asking, a lot of people talking about COVID right now in our in our chat, and I understand why that's a big thing. Well, I've got uh, somebody from YouTube with a super chat said, Taylor Horton Tucker, most improved player this year. If he does what the Lakers are asking him to, remember, he's being asked to defend the other team's best player on most nights. That's what Frank Vogel and uh, Rob Palenka said. So he, he could be, especially if that shot has come around. He said he's feeling very positive about uh, his shooting ability right now. And that's something that he has worked on. So we'll see. I, I can't wait. I think he is the guy I'm most looking forward to seeing in action is Taylor Horton Tucker, just to see how much his game has grown since we last saw him. He looks noticeably thinner 
um, than we saw him before. If you compare where he is now, even compared to last season, he's thinner, but compare him to his rookie season, he looks like a different person. He just does. But the COVID vaccination thing, that was a question that came up to every single player. Every player was asked about COVID and vaccination, all that. I think the, the big takeaway is the Lakers plan to be 100% vaccinated. Uh, Kent Bazemore admitted that he just got his first shot recently and he gets his second dose in a couple of weeks. So that's what he shared. He also shared that Rob Palenka, and I thought this was um, a great way to handle this. Rob Palenka sat down or at least had a conversation with Bazemore about vaccination, what the options were, uh, what it meant for the season, things like that, said it was not a condition upon his signing or anything like that, but just kind of laid everything out for him and said, and the decision is, is yours to make. And he ultimately decided to get vaccinated. It sounded like the way Bazemore explained it made it sound like Rob handled the situation extremely well. Like he was very open to listening to Bazemore's concerns. He understood it. He took it all in. He presented some information as far as as why he might want to in terms of taking some stress away during the season and adding some certainty and things of that nature. Ultimately, Bazemore made the decision to get vaccinated. So the Lakers will be 100% vaccinated. So you look at what's happening, why this matters for the NBA, um, not to mention public health, but you look at what's happening up in Golden State with Andrew Wiggins, where right now it's appearing that he's not going to be able to play in home games. Yeah, like the Lakers aren't going to have to worry about that. And that's a, that's a nice thing, right, to not have to worry about that in terms of can Bazemore play on a day-to-day basis. All right. Jason, somebody said, Trevor, you're a cool guy. Just drink less coffee. Sorry, do I seem a little fired up? I'm excited. I can't wait for the season to come back and media day and all the players in their, in their jerseys and all of that. It's just an exciting time, especially knowing the talent that this team has. So I can't wait to see them back out there on the floor. So that's, that's probably it that you're seeing right there. All right, uh, Jason from YouTube said, hey, Trevor, who's going to average the best three-point percentage on the team by the end of the season? I mean, I think Ellington would be the favorite going in to have the best three-point average on the team. He's got the best career average from three of anybody on the team. So he's got to be the heavy favorite, I would think. Um, If there's anybody that could challenge him, I think Malik Monk is certainly interesting as a three-point shooter. Carmelo Anthony shot extremely well from three last season, over 40%. So he's another guy who could indeed be up there. But again, I think the odds-on favorite has got to be uh, Wayne Ellington. He is the shooter. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the team's age, because this was another topic. This was something else that came up a lot. Uh, a lot of players were asked about the age. Carmelo Anthony said they laugh about it, said it's not even whiteboard material because they all expect it. They all know that that's going to be the criticism of this team, that they're too old. But it's it's a factor, right? It's something. It's something that they're hearing, and it's something that they're eager to prove wrong. It's something that they're eager to get out there and um, and deal with. So I think the age of this team, a few different guys. So here... Trevor Ariza 
said the Lakers' age is actually a positive because it means they can push each other. And since they're all the same age, they can hold each other accountable. So you don't have that like kind of hierarchy of the team where you've got a bunch of young guys who can't really say stuff to the older guys. And everything. They're all kind of the same age. Now, yeah, THT is younger. Nunn is a little bit younger. Austin Reeves is younger, right? But for the most part, the team's all kind of around the same age. So it's a little bit easier for them to call each other out hold each other accountable because they all have so much experience in the NBA and they know what it's all about. So that's a positive, right? That they've got this and the age thing recovery, that's going to be something that has to be considered. Although Carmelo Anthony talked about his off season training, what he does to keep his body in shape. Ken Bazemore talked a lot about it as well. Uh, Russell Westbrook also did. They all have plans in place. Like a, a lot of these guys wouldn't be playing still well into their thirties if they didn't take good care of their bodies. So that's going to help mitigate the age issue to some degree. But I want to get into another quote here. LeBron was talking about Anthony Davis, and I think this really encapsulates what the entire team feels like about the age thing. Uh, He said, it's not about proving other people wrong. It's about proving himself right. I'm looking forward to a very angry Anthony Davis saying AD is going to be proving that he's that guy, right? That he's still the guy that we saw in 2020 and he's going to have that external motivation to go out there and prove people wrong. And then AD kind of in referencing this said our entire organization, and he's talking about age, our entire organization is motivated by that. People aren't counting us out because we're the Lakers, but they're counting us out because we're old and we see that everyone's motivated to get started. So as much as we look at, and fans of other teams around the NBA are hoping that age is going to be a huge factor for the Lakers this season, that it's going to be something extremely detrimental, that it's going to stop them from getting where they want to go. When you look at this Lakers team and you look at what these guys have accomplished, age also is a unifier. That's the positive side, right? Again, I already talked about them all being kind of the same age and so they can call each other out and how that can certainly matter. But the age topic is a unifier because they're all sharing that same experience at the same time. They're all dealing with the questions on a daily basis about their age. They're all hearing people say they're too old to win. And so there's going to be that prove them wrong mentality that us against everybody else mentality. Again, right now, the Lakers are the favorites to come out of the West, one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. So I don't want to look at this team and try to paint them as underdogs or anything like that, because that's not what they are. But this can be a unifier. This type of adversity, this type of criticism can actually help to pull the team together. So on one hand, the age topic is real. It's a concern. It's not necessarily going to stop them from getting where they want to go, but it's something you got to be aware of right? Guys don't heal at the same rate, don't recover at the same rate when they're older. They don't have the explosiveness, the athleticism when they're older, right? That goes away. You gain some other things in terms of intelligence, how you play the game, how you manage yourself. Those sorts of things change, but you're also going to get the positive of this unifier of the age question, where you've got so many people doubting you, even though you're the favorites, you still have so many people doubting you that you can use that to bring everybody together. And I think that's going to be important and something that was referenced by a number of players today at Media Day. So there's a couple of ways this can go. It's possible that the age winds up being a really detrimental thing, that we see guys that are dealing with injury, have lost a step or two, all of that mattering. But we're also going to see an extremely motivated bunch. The age is a piece to that. The other piece to that 
is you look at the guys who have had incredible careers, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and they have not won an NBA championship. These are guys who are going to be locked in on a daily basis, and multiple players reference this, how Russell Westbrook, his intensity, his focus is going to force everybody around him to follow suit, to force everybody to be locked in. So you've got that dynamic at play here too. You've got proving the age thing wrong, already getting everybody on the same page and focused. And then you've got these guys who are looking at this season as potentially their best and maybe last shot to win an NBA championship. And that means people are going to understand that sacrifice is necessary and be willing to do so. I don't know if we can say that about last season's Lakers, about them fully committing to the sacrifice necessary in order to win. We saw it happen in 2020. We didn't see it happen last season. I think we will this season. I think you've got a lot of guys who deserve minutes on this team, and you've got a lot of guys who, when the time comes, will be okay if those minutes aren't there for them in a particular matchup, right? A lot of it's going to be matchup-driven, rest-driven. Those things are going to matter, but they're all going into the season understanding that some guys are going to have to sacrifice, maybe everybody. It's going to have to sacrifice in order to get the job done. But at the end, it's worth it when you get to raise that trophy. All of this is going to factor in to the mentality of the Lakers this season. And as much as we want to talk about how great they can be on the floor, about the all-time players that they've got right now, I mean, it blows me away. You sit back and you think, we just saw all in Lakers uniforms, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo. It goes on and on and on. All these just all-time great players. And we think about what they can do on the floor. But what's up here? And the makeup of the team off the floor? That's what might make this squad truly special. Now, media day, everybody's optimistic. Everybody around the NBA, for the most part, is going to say the right things. Everybody's going to talk about sacrificing. Everybody talks about how they've all put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and they're in the best shape of their lives and how they can't wait for the season, all that kind of stuff. It's easy to be optimistic right now. But what I'm saying is we're hearing some things out of this team that suggest their mind is in the right place. Hopefully it stays there as the season goes on. It's a long season, 82 games once again. But if this team stays this locked in all season long, Lakers Nation, this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see these guys out there on the floor. Let's see. Let's do a couple more, and then we'll wrap things up. I'll wrap things up. I want to get into a couple of your questions and comments. And again, we will still do the live show tonight. That's going to be at 8 o'clock Pacific time. So that's still coming up. I just want to do our rapid reaction here. Robert Thompson from Facebook said age is going to be a huge factor, just not in the negative way that fans are hoping for. Yeah, non-Lakers fans, and I've seen it. By the way, it's kind of weird how Nets fans have suddenly become a thing on social media. Like, you see Nets fans jumping in all over the place. Like, where did these Nets fans come from? Were they just very quiet in seasons past until last year? Or did they not exist until last year? It's interesting. But fans of other teams are very quick to say, no, this is never going to work. 
they're too old. LeBron and Westbrook's not going to work. But that's wishful thinking. There's people out there saying LeBron is too old, right? He can't get it done anymore. And they better hope. They better hope because, look, if this works, right, if the team is focused all season long and age isn't a big factor, we're probably talking about number 18, aren't we? That's the ceiling on this team. That's how good this team can be. And I think it's very relevant that multiple players, Westbrook, LeBron, they mentioned that they're not going to be that way game one. It's going to take time. It's going to be a process to learn how to play together. So not to assume that they're going to come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. It's going to take time for them to get there. So that, to me, Lakers Nation, that's a caution. Don't expect on Sunday to see everything look perfect. It's not going to, nor should it, right? It takes time. But as the season progresses, we should see development. Russell Westbrook mentioned that it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. There's going to be some nights where everything clicks, other nights where it doesn't. But do they build up to the point where come playoff time, they are an absolute juggernaut because that is what this team absolutely can be. That's within the realm of possibility. Uh, Somebody said, Trevor, do you think THT will start at the two over Ellington? If THT can shoot, I think the potential is there because I think he's got the physical makeup to be a better defender than Ellington. Ellington has never been a great defensive player. I think THT is going to be looked upon to be a strong defensive play for the Lakers this season. Um, Rob Polink and Frank Vogel have both already talked about this. That, look, it's a big challenge to put on a 20-year-old. It's a big one. But they feel confident that he is going to become their best perimeter defender. If he does that and the three ball comes around, if he can shoot at least league average, I could see it happening. But those are two big ifs. Somebody said THD isn't starting over Ellington at this point for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pencil that in to start the season. I'm talking about as the season goes on, I could see THT playing into that role. To start the season, no, I would be starting Ellington. Uh, let's finish with this. Steve Park said, hey, Trev, what do you think about uh, the best closing lineup? So everybody watching, everybody following along here. Let me know who's your best closing five in your mind. I'll give you mine. Obviously, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook, they're on the floor. The question is, what other two players are you putting alongside them? Personally, I think it's going to be somewhat matchup dependent. I think that's going to matter. Score is also going to matter. For example, if you are up five, do you put in more defensive players compared to if you're down five? Do you then turn to say, like, is that the difference between going to like a Kent Bazemore or a Trevor Ariza? versus Carmelo Anthony. There's so many different ways that Frank Vogel can play this. But in general, a very versatile lineup, and you want versatility to close games out, I would go with this for my closing five. It would be LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, and Trevor Ariza in there because of that versatility, because he can adapt to things on the fly. Whether you want defense, offense, I think he can give you both of those things. And then at the two, and maybe this is a cop-out, At the two, though, what I would be doing is looking for the hot hand. If the guy, that game, has been Malik Monk, you say Malik Monk, you're in. And you give him that opportunity. If it's Wayne Ellington, fine. If it's THT, fine. You've got enough talent at the two where that can become sort of a a hot hand position, right? Where you can have a set death lineup, if you will, but with one of those positions being kind of an influx because it's going to depend on who's playing the best that given night, because I think the two is close enough. 
Somebody mentioned Kendrick Nunn will be an X factor. Kendrick Nunn could certainly be a, a guy that could get out there as well. Um, I'm really interested to see how he looks playing with Russell Westbrook because I think we're going to see that. I think we are going to see Nunn a little bit at the two. Now he can be the one for you. But remember, Rondo can handle the ball as well. So I'm curious to see what Nunn looks like in a two-guard lineup. And it's possible that he winds up being that guy that goes on the floor with Westbrook to finish up games. All right, guys. Appreciate all the questions and comments coming in. I appreciate all of you for joining me here with our little rapid reaction here from Media Day. Again, we will be doing our normal live show tonight eight o'clock Pacific time. Be here. We're going to talk more about the Lakers. We're going to talk about training camp. We're going to talk about expectations, what we're going to hope to see coming up on Sunday, a lot to get into. So make sure you join us back right here. And again, don't forget, go subscribe to the Lakers nation YouTube channel till next time, everybody stay safe and see ya.